listening to Conk's Brain, and I'm your host, Deidre Conkey. I'm on a mission to share my personal journey and experiences with mental and physical health issues, including anxiety and ADHD, while encouraging you to embrace your own individualism and a healthy dose of self-love. If you've ever asked yourself, what's wrong with me? Am I really enough? Do I actually deserve to live my best life? What does my best life even look like? This is the podcast for you. If you're ready to become the hero of your own journey, to elevate your potential and live life to the fullest, let's dive in and discover new perspectives today. Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about joyful movement, living with your body's limitations, and letting go of the societal conditioning around body image. So let's start with the very basic, what is joyful movement? And really, it is a mindset shift. It is about looking at the way that we move differently. So I really want to start off by emphasizing that exercise is not punishment. And for so many of us, that is what it has ended up being, whether intentional or not, because we exercise to achieve a goal rather than for the joy of moving our bodies or because it feels good to move. Instead, we exercise because we ate too many calories or we exercise to force our bodies into compliance to make our bodies look the way that we think that they should look. Now, there are some people who are self-proclaimed gym rats or people who love to go and exercise. And that's great if that truly is joyful for you. But for a great many people, that's just not the case. Running in place on a treadmill or doing the elliptical is not everyone's cup of tea, but sometimes we push ourselves to do these things because we feel that that is what's right. That is what we have been taught is how we go about things and how we get it done. But I want to talk about how my mindset has shifted and why things changed for me to hopefully give you some insight and some perspective into why I have completely shifted my entire dynamic around exercise and movement. So for a very long time in my life, I mean, honestly, as long as I can remember, when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, I became very, very hyper-focused on the way that I looked. Um, I wrote a, have written about this several times in, in my blog. Um, I've talked about it uh, probably in other podcasts, but I am five foot nine, which is not the tallest, but it is also above the national average. And I hit five foot 
five or five foot six by the sixth grade. Um, I was well above my peers and my build is also large. Um, back in the day, uh, I was born in 81. They, they called me big boned, um, whatever that was supposed to mean. Um, but I honestly, truly was never fat, not even by the, I'm using air quotes here, clinical definition. Um, but I did not look like my other female peers. I was not dainty or slight and of build, and it was very difficult for me. Um, I will never forget whenever I was at... Um, Oh, I guess you call it a potluck that I was having with my family. My parents are divorced. It was on my dad's side of the family. And uh, there was a buffet line and there was so much food. And again, I was only 10 or 11 years old and I was moving through the line and I was hungry and I was so excited because there was just, you know, there's pie and there's turkey and there's there's cranberry sauce and there's just all of these things. And so I was eating and I was filling my plate very, very full. And my dad was around the corner in the other room and did not realize that I could hear him. And he was talking to another relative and he said, man, look at that girl eat. If she doesn't watch out, she's going to be a real porker. And that devastated me. I mean, it just, it, it devastated me because it told me that there was something inherently wrong with me and the way that I looked and it had to do with food. It had to be because of what I was consuming here. And so my life began to revolve around how I should look. Um, I have tried every diet in the book. I have tried all of the exercises and I hit another wall very, very early on. And that is that I have some very real physical limitations. I was born with a birth defect of my right kidney, which ended up um, in a surgery where my entire body um, was opened because it's difficult to operate on a three-month-old baby. You can hear more about this in my podcast, Rosie the Manatee. Um, so I grew up with this huge scar on my stomach, literally never known life without it. I had another major surgery when I was two years old, again, corrective for the kidney. Um, I had my kidney removed um, right before my 21st birthday. Um, and since throughout my life, um, I have had my gallbladder removed. I have had a hysterectomy and I have fibromyalgia. I have endometriosis. Um, I have just so, so many things that are challenging in the way that my body functions and in turn, the way that my body moves. And I was part of this social conditioning, this belief that too much rest is bad that we have to push ourselves to exercise, especially when we don't feel like it. You need to go to the gym and work out. You need to be strong on the days that you don't feel like being strong. And yes, there is truly something 
to be said for tenacity and for pushing yourself past obstacles, but you absolutely have to learn to listen to your body and listen to what it is telling you. I picked up the book, which I've also mentioned in other podcasts, um, The Effort Diet by Carolyn Dooner, which I am abbreviating the title to keep this podcast reading clean. Um, But in that book, uh, one of the things that she talks about is movement. And she talks about listening to your body, getting out of your head and and really focusing and honing in on what your body is telling you. And that's kind of an out there concept. Like it's not concrete. It's something abstract. And it can be very difficult to try and wrap your brain around what exactly that means. And I had to sit with this idea for a while, realizing that it's about listening to your body and what your body feels like. Because I had trained myself for so long to push past. If I just keep pushing, eventually my body will comply. And this was never more true than after I had my hysterectomy because I had a huge incision that ran the length of my entire abdomen. I had 36 staples. I had to walk with a cane for almost two months because I had no um, physical strength in, in my core. And I thought, well... I'm just going to go back to the gym as soon as the doctor releases me and I'll just work up. I'll start out going to the gym one day a week and then I'll do two and then I'll do three and then I'll do four and five until I'm going to the gym every day of the week. And I'll do this with a personal trainer and I'll take classes and and I am just going to work up to this. But I kept hitting a wall. Because some days I would be able to go one, two, or even three days in a row. And other times I would need days off in between because I was exhausted. And I just kept asking myself, why am I so tired? Why won't my body do what I want it to do? Come on, body, just be like everybody else. And that's when I realized that I had completely surrounded myself in my social media, in the images, in in magazines, the stuff, even when you go to the grocery store and, and see all of the advertisements, my life was surrounded with these pictures and images of what it means to be fit, of what exercise means, of what a body should look like. And I was absolutely surrounded by these thin, smooth people with perfect skin. And it just wasn't real. I mean, Photoshop is not real and neither is this idea of pushing yourself until you break. That's not heroic. That's 
letting yourself be in a position that your body never needs to be in. Unless you are in a true survival, fight or flight situation, you should not push your body past the breaking point to make it fit someone else's ideal. You should not go to the gym and exercise with the idea that I can make my body look like this. I can make my body do this. And I know that For a lot of people, that's a controversial statement. Well, you're not healthy unless you look a certain way. You're not healthy unless you exercise this number of times with this many reps. And if you cannot force your body to fit into this mold that we have societally conditioned, then you have somehow failed. And I finally had to let go of what a body should look like, what my body should look like. A really great therapist told me to stop shoulding on yourself. Stop making this list of things that should be because what your body looks like is your body. And there are so many different types of bodies. Our skin is not all smooth and wrinkle-free. Our We have lumps and bumps and scars and cellulite and excess this and everything is different for every person. And instead of celebrating and embracing those dis- differences, we keep trying to push people into this ideal. We keep trying to sell and sell is the key word here because we can't sell something to people who are happy. We cannot give our diet pills or our stretchy pants or our cellulite creams to people who are happy with the way their body looks. And so the only way to sell products is to convince people that their body is wrong. And That's, it's just such a limited and limiting view. It's a limited way to look at bodies. And it's a limited way to look at movement. Our bodies were made to move, but we also have to listen. Because like I said, when I started listening, when I really started listening to what my body was telling me, it said, dang it, I hurt. I hurt a lot. And it wanted rest It wanted rest a lot more frequently than I was allowed by the way that I had been raised. Because for for me, if you don't keep going, if you don't keep pushing, then you have somehow failed because you are weak. And I'm I'm over it. Because it's just it's just not true. So what have I done instead? What have I done to start embracing and honoring my body and listening to it and what it needs? Well, I have started with this idea of joyful movement, which is something I found on Instagram, which is, again, in Carolyn Dooner's book. Um, The Body Love Society is an awesome Instagram account I follow. And I started following people that look 
normal, that are average, that don't Photoshop their bodies, that share the way that they look naturally and they embrace that. And I accepted the fact that I have limitations. And when my body wants to move, it should move in ways that make me happy, that is joyful. For example, I was at Walmart and I picked up a hula hoop. Turns out I am terrible at hula hooping, but I laughed so much. And I'm sure I could learn to hula hoop. I'm not even I'm not even done yet. I am definitely definitely going to be doing some more hula hooping in the future because it makes me smile. And dancing. It doesn't even have to be for a huge duration, but you know what? I get up, I rock out to some music, and that feels good to my soul. I enjoy doing some yoga. I love, 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 love swimming. Um, and now that some of the, um, the limitations are, are lifting with the COVID protocols, I am going to be going back to the gym to do swimming because I love to go swimming. And um, I also like to chase Pokemon. Um, I'm not an avid Pokemoner, but I do enjoy going out for a walk and catching these little Pokemon and finding the gems and raiding and, and all of that. It's fun. So I get out there and do that. I also really want to buy an adult tricycle that is on my list of things to do because um, riding a bike is difficult for me because of my balance. Um, but I would enjoy, you know, the, the stability of having a tricycle. Joyful movement is exactly what it sounds. It is movement that is joyful to you. Um, somebody that I know from high school, amazing woman, um, she has a day job, but she also is a certified pole instructor. And you want to talk about movement, man, that takes some serious, serious strength to do pole. And that is joyful. And so... What I have started focusing on in my life instead of trying to see it as I must force my body into this mode of compliance. I must do what I am told. I must exercise this number of days a week at this intensity and do these things. And when I eat the wrong things, I have to exercise to to atone for those mistakes. I threw it all out the window. I threw out my scale and I said, you know what? We're going to move when we are rested, when we feel good, when it feels good to move. And some of my friends and I, I have um, four gals that I have been friends with since high school, um, over 20 years, probably going on 25 years. And um, a few times a year, we all get together because we made the conscious choice in high school um, that we didn't want to lose touch after we had graduated, like so many people do. And so twice about twice a year sometimes more um we get together and we have powwow what we call powwow which is you know our our gathering and um i am the oldest and then uh my i have a friend who is youngest in order of birth we go from october to february in ages and when the last of us turns 40, which will be in 2022, we are taking um, a trip to Europe. We are going to go to Scotland and England and Ireland and maybe even Wales. Um, it kind of depends on how the tour pans out. 
But I know that that is going to require a lot of walking and a lot of moving. And I'm really, really excited about this. But I also know that my body doesn't have the stamina for that. So I have started um, recruiting my friends um, and people on social media to follow me, to join me in adding joyful movement to our lives. Now, I have a Fitbit, and I want to really, really, really stress this. For some people, a Fitbit or a step counter is not going to work for them because it becomes too obsessive. It becomes about the steps and that punishment and exercise. And if you can't get out of that mindset, that's okay. If a step tracker is too much of a trigger for you, I completely understand. And you absolutely should not do that if it doesn't feel healthy for you. But for me, I have really started thinking about steps. And I'm using air quotes here because I've started thinking of steps as joyful movement. Because especially with an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, any of those devices that are on your hand, you know, worn on your wrist, you can accumulate these air quotes again, steps by doing all sorts of movement. It picks up movement. And like mine um, is okay to go into the water so I can take it swimming with me. And so the thing is, I am setting these very, very small, again, air quotes, step goals. Um, I started out with just 2,500. And it's not about having to do this every single day. And some of you listening to this might be saying 2,500 steps. That's like nothing. The American Heart Association recommends 10,000. You know what? No. (laughs) I'm not going to worry about it because that is not where my body is at right now. I do, I do realize that if I'm going to go on this trip to Europe and I'm going to do all this movement, that I do need to work on building stamina, that I want my body to be able to do more. What can my body do? I don't know. I have to listen to it and see in its new state after the surgeries with me pushing 40, I have to see what the new things that my body can do are. And I'm using my step tracker to look at the number of, um, the amount of movement that I'm getting in a day. And I am pushing myself to try new types of movement, to try things like hula hooping or pole dance or riding an adult tricycle or going out and chasing Pokemon or doing yoga. I am trying to move my body in ways that are joyful and try to hit that step count um, that I've set for myself that is so low. And also giving myself the grace to say, if I don't hit this, I don't hit this. It doesn't matter if the number is too small. Some days these things just aren't going to work out and that's okay. But um, I have also started doing YesFit. There are um, other companies do, that do the same thing, um, but you sign up for a race, you pay your money, and then you get a medal when you finish it. And so I have been doing um, 
Yes Fit and recording this movement that I've been doing um, to try and encourage myself each week to try something new and to continue doing the types of movement that bring me joy. Like when I'm at work, my Fitbit goes off every hour and tells me that I need to get X number of steps. So sometimes I get up and march in place because I have a desk job and sitting there has not been good for me. It doesn't feel good to sit all day. So sometimes I just stand up and I march in place because surprisingly that feels wonderful. It feels good. Sometimes I wave my arms in the air. Sometimes I just put on a short little song and I jam out in my office. And sure, if somebody walks by, that's probably going to look a little funny, but that's okay because I am moving myself in a way that feels joyful to me. And each week I'm increasing that step goal a little bit more to push myself to keep moving and keep finding ways. And as it goes up, as the number of steps gets larger, yes, absolutely, there are going to be days or maybe multiple days that I can't reach it. And yeah, eventually I'm probably going to find a ceiling. I'm going to find the place where my body says, this is enough movement. This is as much as we are comfortable giving and now we need to rest. But I have no idea what that ceiling is until I try, until I go for some walks, chase some Pokemon, hula hoop, swim. And in doing all of this, in respecting my body, truly listening, resting when it needs rest, and feeding it with movement that makes my heart happy, I in turn start to feel so much better so much better. And again, I really just want to leave you with the emphasis that none of this would work if I were standing on a scale every day. None of this would work if I were focusing this on the way my body should look or pushing my body into compliance. I have had to let that go. I look the way I look. This is the body I have, and this body is going to do what it wants to do, and I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to love it. I am going to nourish it, and I'm going to move in joyful ways. And if you are interested in seeing more of this, following me on this, being part of this, and finding ways to move joyfully yourself, I encourage you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, because I do, especially like my, um, uh, the uh, Yes Fit races. Um, I post some of those when I'm doing them to show you where I'm at and how many miles I've gone. And I talk about the different types of things that I'm trying, new types of joyful movement. And I even have this challenge extended to my private Facebook group for my direct sales business, Nails by Conk, um, because I am about empowering women and empowering people um, through that business. And this just seemed like a wonderful place to marry this because 
um, the products that I sell are all about being joyful and making people feel happy and have fun. Um, so I've moved this joyful movement challenge um, that I have for that private community, uh, which you can find at Nails by Conk on Facebook. Um, but everybody I'm encouraging to come along on this journey, not just to follow with me, not just to see my progress, but to encourage you to start thinking about the way that you look at your body, the way that you look at your body's limitations, and the way that you look at exercise and movement to change that and to create it as a place of joy in your life. A way to see what your body loves and what your body wants and letting go of everything that it should be. So stop shooting on yourself and start moving joyfully. Thanks for listening to Conk's Brain. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out my website, www.conksbrain.com, or follow me on Facebook and Instagram at I am Deidre Conky. Until next time, don't forget to click subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends.